Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Trauma to PTSD Root Causes to Healing Branches, Episode 142 PTSD Self-Healing Show with Dr. Radley Ramhan, Doctor of Naturopathy, Acupuncture Practitioner and Author. I'm so honored to have you here. Uh, we had a little chat together another day. He actually wrote a very fantastic book and he's very skillful and uh, I'm really, really surprised for what he's done Is he, in his age. <laughs> he's very, very talented. I'm very happy to have you here, doctor. Thank you for having me, um, Pantia. I'm excited to be here and I'm happy for the conversation we had a little while back as well. Yes. So I know you had a long journey until uh, being expert in PTSD because you've done so many things as a naturopathic doctor and you, uh, you've you done a lot of things about acupuncture, pain relief. You even had a lot of fertility patients, right? What I saw mm-hmm. in your uh, bio. And all of a sudden you joined the army <laughs> and then you realize uh, you need a lot of... Uh, a training, or I don't know, you need to help uh, some people who've been in the military. I had some uh, interviewees, and they actually worked uh, in Air Force, Army, or military, other branches, and uh, they had a lot of issues with combat PTSD. I can follow them. I can understand their situation um, because being in war is not easy. I can sort of understand what's happening. And this is not this is not a new version of PTSD. It's been there since years, years, years. Uh, and I just want to know what what's your inspiration first? Uh, to be a naturopath uh, medicine doctor, uh, I, I want you to start from the beginning when you started to be a doctor and then why did you go to acupuncture and why did you join the army? So I'm going to start answering the last question first because it's the, the one thing that started from childhood. So ever since I was a little kid, um, both myself and my younger brother, we always had a draw and an interest and joining the US military. Um, So that's kind of where it stemmed from, just always wanted to do it as a kid, pretty much a childhood dream. And I told myself that I would rather join and regret joining than not join and regret not joining. And that was one push towards it. I don't regret the six years that I spent in the military. I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed it. There was like everything else in life, there's ups and downs with it but I definitely don't regret doing it. I think it actually helped me grow a lot. It gave me a lot more, um, I guess, inspiration and aspects to life that I probably wouldn't have had had I not done the military. So overall, I would say it was a learning experience, six years of learning experience. Again, like everything else, there's ups and downs with it. So 
childhood dream, get it done. And six years after I signed my contract, I finished my six-year contract. I did one deployment in Iraq and Kuwait um, in 2016 and 2017, which was supposed to be my last year in naturopathic medical school. Um, so I had I left, I went on deployment, came back home, and then I finished up school more or less. In terms of my inspiration for going to naturopathic medicine, um, growing up, I never really had any clue of wanting to go into medicine. It was the last thought in my mind. My childhood dream was to become the youngest president of America and the youngest pilot in the world. That was my two childhood dream apart from wanting to be in the military. Neither of those two happened. And I don't think that's ever really going to happen at this point in time. Um, but it, again, every time, every everybody has their childhood dreams and some people will go on, continue with it and they get it. But I think the only childhood dream that I had that I succeeded in really was the military. Um, so it became an interest for me, medicine as a whole, it became an interest when my grandfather was sick um, and he was in the hospital in Trinidad, um, just seeing the struggles that he's been through sort of inspired me to go into the field of medicine. Um, I always like the idea of giving people option. I, as a naturopathic doctor, I, not because I, I studied and I learned a lot more in terms of natural medicine means I am against any way, shape or form against conventional medicine in terms of pharmaceutical surgeries and all of those things. I do think everything has a time and a place and a necessity for them. Um, but I like the idea of naturopathic medicine because it gives people option beyond just um, what um, you would get in conventional medicine, the, the medication and where there's a pill for every ill um, type strategy. I'm not saying that everybody does that, but it, it is common that you see that happen sometimes. Um, and taking time with naturopathic medicine, getting a chance to get to the root cause, understanding what exactly the, the person is going through is kind of what inspired me to go into naturopathic medicine. So um, a quick story of how I got into naturopathic medicine, because I had no idea of what naturopathic medicine was, was when I was in my undergrad, um, I received a mail from Bassettea University about naturopathic medicine. And I've never known anything about Bassettea University, anything about naturopathic medicine as a whole. And then somehow I got a mail from them in my undergrad, I looked at it and I'm like, this seems interesting. Let me look into what naturopathic medicine is. And then once I sort of went into doing a little bit of research, I understood that it teaches you both sides of it. It teaches you the conventional medicine and then it teaches you like more of a holistic approach, learning herbs, learning natural ways to do it. So I said to myself, you know what, this is pretty much what I want to do because I want patients to have the options of knowing that there is more than just one option out there for them. So that's what got me into naturopathic medicine. Um, playing soccer growing up, um, actually in my undergrad, I injured my knee and um, I used to go to the chiropractic clinic for treatments at University of Bridgeport. And then one of the student interns, she was also in the acupuncture program and she's like, you should try acupuncture for any, see if it makes a difference. I went in and I had significant relief um, from there. Um, it was at the same time that I was in the military as well. So constantly having to run, train and stuff like that, um, it would aggravate the knee pain. So I would be in the chiropractic clinic every week, 
sometimes twice a week getting treatments. Um, and then once I tried the acupuncture, I realized that it's beneficial. I didn't really know much about acupuncture except that it was involving needles and my grandfather used to do it. Um, beyond that, I had no idea what acupuncture is. And I think I had the same stigma that a lot of people had in terms of the fair needles and is it really helpful? Does it really work and stuff like that? So I decided to put all of that aside, give it a try. And I found that acupuncture work. Um, sort of balancing naturopathic medicine and the military, it was a little bit of a challenge for me. So I had to go part-time in school. Then when I realized that I'm taking longer than the four years to graduate, I'm like, I'm leaving school with something more than just one degree. So I chose to go into the field of acupuncture because of how I saw the benefits for myself. And then pretty much a couple of years later down the road, 2018, I was able to graduate from both the naturopathic medicine and the acupuncture program at Bridgeport, University of Bridgeport. So that was a quick journey of how I got to today. In terms of my interest in the topic of PTSD, it sort of came from one, being in the military, and two, working with patients as a secondary um, or an observer in the clinic for the naturopathic um, clinic. Um, with being in the military, like I saw that there's a need for it. Like you hear people coming back um, from war or, or even simple things um, that they end up having things like PTSD and they struggle with it in terms of finding what is the, the best way to really heal from it. So I started growing an interest because of the military. Um, when we were told that we needed to do our thesis uh, for the naturopathic program, I said I would rather do a topic that I have an interest in. So that's why I started doing more and more research into the topic of PTSD. And that's how I found out that there's tons of research out there and tons of scientific evidence for so many various types of healing therapy apart from pharmaceuticals. Uh, and that show you that there are benefits towards it. So I decided um, to title my uh, thesis being using the six principles of naturopathic medicine to understand and treat PTSD. I did my thesis on that. Then I did a, uh, an article for a scholarship with the NDNR, which I won um, honorable mention so I was able to have that article published in the NDNR. And then with the acupuncture program annually, they have a China scholarship where you get an opportunity to go two weeks into China to do a clinical rotation there, observe and get to learn acupuncture from its home pretty much. So I decided why not write on the topic of PTSD again. So I wrote for that one, utilizing acupuncture for PTSD. Won the scholarship, I got the opportunity to go to China on that scholarship for the two weeks. And then continuing down the road, I did a, a poster presentation at University of Bridgeport as well, utilizing my thesis. So basically converted everything that I put into one place in my thesis, uh, put it into a poster presentation. One of the, the, the persons who were judging the poster competition came up to me and said that you have a lot of information all in one place. You should really consider doing something with it rather than leaving it in just as your poster or just as your thesis. So since then I had 
the idea in the back of my head to become an author, to write about this topic and expand on on it, put it into a book so that more people could have access to it. Because when you do your thesis, it's only people who know that you did your thesis would ever really have any access to your information or those in the school um, or whoever was there that heard about it. Um, so that's kind of what drove me later down the line into actually writing about the book and come 2021, I'm actually officially had the chance to publish the book and happy to say that I could add author to my title. Beautiful. Yeah, you've done an amazing job in your education and your journey to research um, and having the book. Do you have the book with you right now? I don't have it right now. It's actually being shipped from the U.S. to Trinidad. So I'm actually in Trinidad right now. Um, I'm oh, hoping that, that soon yeah, it gets here. Congratulations. I really wish to see your book. I'm 100% sure there are a lot of great information there. And I know that the difference between thesis and the book is that book should be something general for people who understand. Like if my grandmother, grandmother died, but if she can read it, she can understand what's happening there. But with the thesis is a, diff, is a more difficult um, yep. tool to, for other people to understand. So that's a great journey. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just, I know about the PTSD because I'm a PTSD coach and I've been with my fertility patients. And I know that PTSD can block your, your health, even for the chronic disease, fertility and many other things and uh, it's not really easy um, no, um, comment that you said oh okay yeah mental health um, and stress can block it but there are a lot of layers hidden <laughs> inside your body uh, and any childhood trauma any big trauma in your life can actually uh, store in your cellular <laughs> and can uh, create a lot of problem for your body. So I just want to know something about your book. What did you write there? And I just need some explanation for my audience to understand. Okay. So the name of the book is the same title we have here, Trauma to PTSD Root Causes the Healing Branches. And a simple take on the book, it's diving into root causes. So I talk about the basics of what PTSD is. I don't go into necessarily the definition of PTSD as per se, according to the DSM. Um, but I highlighted a lot of underlying root causes. So I highlighted things like risk factors, which would include things like nutritional risk factors, anatomical risk factors, biochemical risk factors, um, things like how nutrients, how exposure to different types of traumas and different types of events that could potentially lead to increase in the risk of developing PTSD. Because sometimes I use the example that 10 people go to war, um, all 10 have the same experience and then one come back with PTSD. And there is something beyond just the exposure to the trauma that could potentially be increased in the person's risk. So while doing my thesis, I understood more and more of those root causes. And I, in the book, I highlighted things like that. So I talked a little bit about nutritional deficiencies, the anatomical um, aspect of it, where slower brain development, for whatever reason, that may have happened. Um, 
different levels of um, production of like various biochemicals. So serotonin level, um, things like adrenaline, how those things affect you in terms of increasing the risk of developing PTSD. I talked a little bit about the genetic component where there is that factor that sometimes within the genes itself, there are certain SNPs that you would see would be increasing the risk of somebody developing PTSD. So I kind of covered a lot of that. I also went into talking about things like social injustices, um, things like racism, um, inequality, how those things play a part in increasing the risk of one developing PTSD. So that's the concept of moving from trauma to PTSD because there's so many different levels of trauma. And in order to fit the diagnosis of PTSD, you have to fit into the criteria defined by the DSM-5. So not everybody necessarily falls into those categories or not everybody takes the opportunity to go and seek help because they have a stigma against mental health, seeking out any type of mental exactly. health. Other people they always hide. Sometimes you have PTSD, but it mm -hmm. doesn't show and you hide it in yourself, but the triggers catch you and then it's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be there and it's gonna show up again. Yep. So I talked about things like triggers. I talked about identifying your triggers and I talked about a lot of root causes. I spent a lot of time talking about root causes because just like you said, a lot of people don't go and ask for help or they try to suppress it in whatever way and they don't realize how different types of traumas could actually be constantly increasing their risk of developing PTSD or even when they have PTSD. So once you're able to identify it, once you're able to understand like, okay, living in an abusive relationship, the effects of it, what are some of the things that you could look and you could see that are not necessarily written in the DSM-5 about PTSD and understanding like, okay, yes, I'm seeing the symptoms because the DSM-5 says you need to experience a specific set of things, right? Um, for example, being hypervigilant or avoiding things. But to people, they don't realize that they're doing some of those things until somebody points it out. And a lot of times we still think of PTSD being only associated with the military or some type of major um, traumatic event. They don't think of the, the minor events, like for example, a car accident how could that potentially increase your risk of developing PTSD later on? Growing up in an abusive home, how does that increase your risk of developing PTSD? So all of those things, understanding that, understanding things like transgenerational trauma, the dynamics between families, how does those things even influence your risk of developing PTSD? And once you're able to identify those things, you have that opportunity to stop yourself from going from trauma to PTSD. So that's that was one of the reasons why the name of the book was really trauma to PTSD. And then beyond talking about things like root causes, I also talked about different healing modalities. So like I said, when I did my thesis, I found out so much different types of healing therapies that are available um, from things like um, nutritional herbs, um, utilizing expressive therapies. So art, writing, music, um, animal therapy, plant therapy, homeopathy, um, pharmaceuticals, you name it, there's potentially a possible way that somebody could heal utilizing some type of therapy there. So putting those together and allowing people to understand that, you know what, there are lots of options out there. Not because you tried one thing means 
it wouldn't necessarily work for you or you there's no hope for you because that's what happens a lot of people give up hope when they try one type of treatment and then exactly. they don't see as much effect yes like there are a lot of people having chronic disease for years years first of all they don't know that their root may be PTSD, the root may be a trauma they have in childhood. Many, many people have relationship trauma. <laughs> Young people mostly, and even people who are married may have a relationship trauma in the past, and they are still there. Their mind is still there, and their body is still have it. And so that's why they have those chronic disease, and they don't know. What I see in homeopathy, I'm not sure if you work with homeopath, but because you, you are herbalist as well, so you may know that uh, homeopathy also goes to uh, the root cause of issues because I work with them and they, they ask you a lot of questions about your childhood, about your PTSD, traumas. And uh, that's so interesting when you see the relationship between uh, trauma, mental health, emotional, and uh, your body. Because everything like your PTSD and trauma can, can um, create a lot of imbalance, a hormone imbalance, and a lot of uh, actually uh, disconnection in different parts of your body. Even if you are, you are doing acupuncture, you know that, that there are a lot of... Uh, um, a lot of a stream in your body that like chakras or whatever you talk about they are related and if the, there is disconnection in any of those um, other part of the body you're gonna get the symptoms mm -hmm. so yeah that's what we see and that's what we try to give awareness about the PTSD that uh, is not only mental health but can actually um go lead to physical because i see a lot of uh, ptsd people who or mental pe men, people with mental issues they have also a lot of fat in their body <laughs> they may have heart problem they may have kidneys problems so you see it's it's very related everything in the body so we're going to have a few seconds break and we come back again and continue our talk. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book Rooms of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. Um, I want you to Give me some example about the relationship between acupuncture and PTSD. So if let's say if you have a patient who, you know, who has a lot of mental problem or PTSD issues and trauma, how do you treat her? Do you refer to her? Do, what do you do? Do you also do the blood test or... Uh, do you get the history of her childhood? What do you do exactly? So I do a combination of all of those things. Um, with naturopathic medicine, we do I do run labs sometimes. Um, if the patient comes in and they already have labs, I take a look at it. If there's anything extra that I need to do, then I would usually request, put in the request to have them do it. Um, 
in terms of the acupuncture and even with the naturopathic medicine, my first visit, I usually do sort of like a detailed intake. So I would start with whatever the chief complaint is. So they tell me a little bit about the chief complaint. I, I do a basic intake about the chief complaint. And then after I explain to them that as a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist, I like focusing on a holistic approach. So with that being said, I usually do a system of reviews. So I ask them about everything from head to toe, if they have any other complaints, whether they see it connected to the initial complaint that they're coming in for or not, it's just for me to know. Then I go through things like family history, I go through whatever medications or supplements that they are currently on. I ask about things like stress levels, I ask about things like bowel movements, um, how is sleep, and how does sleep and, and stress correlates with them if they notice any correlation between those things and stress in general, if they notice anything stressful or notice how stress affects them. Um, some people are quick to admit that it's not everybody, yeah. And then I take a, a personal history in terms of their medical history. So I ask them about any type of major medical history, any type of hospitalization, any major surgeries, any major events that happened um, within their life. Um, depending on the complaint and depending on where I start seeing connections between different things, I would ask specific questions about certain types of trauma or things like that. Um, some patients are usually quick to open up about different aspects of trauma. Um, some pa patients are very resistant to it. So they take a little while. Um, I utilize what we learn in acupuncture in terms of how emotions are correlate into different internal organs. So for example, fear is associated with kidney, liver is associated with anger, right? Um, I ask questions if I see things specific that fall into those categories. So for example, if the person has a lot of complaints that are related to, to liver issues or according to TCM and Chinese medicine, the liver also reflects in the eye. So you hear somebody complain about like blurry vision, stuff like that, or developing things like um, various types of, of eye conditions. Um, I usually ask them like if there's any type of correlation with any type of trauma or if there's any, like if anger resonates with them, like because, um, because of the liver connection. So I tell them that I'm trying to understand it from a holistic approach. So I explained to them that with TCM and when I look at patients, I look at them from both sides of it, not just physical complaints, but also the mental component of health and the emotional component of health. So if there's anything that overlaps. So again, sometimes patients open up about it, sometimes they don't. Um, I had one patient that um, developed uh, breast cancer and I asked her about the connection um, between grief and her lungs because in TCM, again, grief is associated with lungs. The breast is over the lungs from a physical structure. So asking them about their history with that. The first day when I asked her, she was hesitant to answer. And the next week when she came back for a follow-up appointment, she mentioned that she's having problems with dealing with grief ever since her grandmother passed away. And understanding that sometimes there are links between emotional and physical manifestations. Um, I try to make that connection and help patients to identify those connections. 
So again, some patients stay when you start going down that road with them and some patients run away and say they don't believe that there's that um, emotional and mental connection to the physical connection. So I try, I mean, through education, through explaining to them that way I see it in other patients um, without giving out too much details of who the patient might be or breaching that patient confidentiality aspect of it. But I try to use cases and tell them like, this is what I've seen. This is what I understand from an acupuncture and tra traditional Chinese medicine perspective where emotions are associated with different organs and different organ channels. So when you see certain things play off on one way, I ask about it that way. And again, sometimes I'm even direct with some patients when they come in, um, do you have any traumatic history? Or I would see like a certain team coming up where of like they, they mentioned that they're angry or something like that. And I would be like, well, have you had any traumatic event recently? Or sometimes I would even ask them, it's like a patient may come in and say, I've had digestive issues for 20 years. And I would ask them like, all right, let's take, think back to 20 years ago. What happened? What changed? Did you notice anything major um, or even something minor that you may have sort of overlooked, like simple things like moving from one house to another house, change in relationship, end in a relation, having some type of an abusive thing. So I give them that option to go from things from very minor types of trauma to, to major types of trauma and try to help them make that connection to see if, for example, that is there a connection between what happened initially 20 years ago when the symptoms first started coming on till now. And then sometimes I even have patients go back into asking like, what are some of the childhood things that you've been through and just have them talk and, and say um, what their aspect is. Um, again, not everybody is comfortable with necessarily talking. So I do offer with patients to do things like writing therapy. So through their intake, sometimes they would bring up, they would talk and you would figure out like a team. So again, I'm going to use anger as a team where they keep saying like, oh, this person gets me angry and this gets me angry and that gets me angry. And I'm like, all right, tell me more about anger. And sometimes they're hesitant to, to talk about where it stems from. So I utilize like a, a pattern of something that I have done um, or had done with me um, when I had to deal with some of my own personal struggles. I use a similar pattern um, off of that. So it was called written exposure therapy, basically, where you write about whatever is going on. Written and, exposure therapy? Yep. Okay. Yeah, written exposure therapy. So I, I don't do written exposure therapy, but I do something similar to it in terms of like on like taking the same sort of steps, allowing people to connect back to whatever the initial trauma is. And again, not everybody easily identifies a trauma. Not everybody understands the connection. So again, picking up on the team. So for example, using the team of anger, I have them write about anger. What does it mean to them? Think back to the first time you could remember you being angry. and write about it and then I give them like okay set yourself a time limit writing about it and write whatever comes to mind with that aspect of it so for example say 30 minutes write about anger what does it mean to you what do you think of what comes to mind when you think of the anger when you hear somebody say angry what do you do when you become angry what is the very first time you could remember doing angry and then Either I would have them read it if they will willing enough for me to share it, I would read it. And if they're not, I just tell them, look for another pattern or team 
that shows up within that and then use that to do your second writing until you could identify what is that one specific event or event that you see that pattern of anger stemming from. And then once it's said- Can I add something here about anger? <laughs> you know, to me, anger comes from exhaustion <laughs> in many cases, because sometimes you are very exhausted. You don't want to do anything because you don't have the energy for it, but you are forced to do. And one of the examples is for parents who have kids <laughs> and they have to stay awake all night. They are very, like myself, when I'm very, very exhausted, I can't think, and but I have to do some, um, mm. something for my baby or calm, calm her down or do something out of my energy. That's end of exhaustion. And uh, a lot of people at that time get so angry because this is not, this is not their uh, normal situation. Mm-hmm. And it happens in so many cases like this. Like I, I, I remember um, uh, couples who are working together <laughs> and uh, both are having same uh, amount of workload together they get tired and they get angry together. <laughs> and this is one of the worst example uh, that can ruin the relationship. So there are, I think exhaustion can be the root of many, many angers. That's mm-hmm. one of them. And another one, I guess, triggers because the pattern happened, let's say somebody doing something that you're not really happy to see, you actually try to ignore it but then that pattern uh repeat and repeat and repeat and you explode <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere that's why in other relationship i think um when you shouldn't um uh, allow yourself this happen you have to a lot of conversation before this anger happens so mm-hmm. to so to my understanding uh, for preventing anger, or yeah, it's so easy to say, oh, you have to be happy, but out of exhaustion, you cannot be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to take a rest or do, and it that's happened when you are working in military service, or you are working in a very bad situation or something that forced to you, or you have to get up early in the morning, and you are still have nothing like you still have some time to compensate to uh, your sleep you know these are things that i guess i think i believe that is gonna um, is it's rooted to anger (laughs) and i definitely agree with that and something that i covered in in my book is how does those trauma build up on each other and i use the analogy of thinking of a boiling pot everything that happened in the past becomes the cover on top of the pot. So less things you process, less things you sort of deal with as you go along your life, it's going to be added weight on top of the pot. The the pot and the water inside the pot is all present. So, and then below the pot with the fire, it's every trauma and stressful event that we go through on our daily lives. So be it from whatever minor things to whatever major things that it may be, it adds extra pressure. So once you put a pot of water 
to boil, it's going to boil and pressure is going to build up. The heavier the weight on top is the more explosive that it will be because of the amount of pressure that would build up within that enclosed space. So it's the same thing that happens with us as humans that we allow things to build up, build up, build up, and without realizing that is what happened, then something very small makes you snap. So it becomes the, uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back, more or less at that point. So okay. you see somebody becoming very explosive in terms of their reaction, but it really wasn't just one thing that may have triggered it. It's the building up of things. And um, I mean, I don't have kids, but I've seen it with growing up and seen it with like family members and stuff like that. It's definitely a lot when you have kids, you have to worry about one, their safety, one, am I feeding the kid? Am I there with them? Why is the kid crying? And you don't understand a lot of different aspects of it. And things build up just from that one specific event. Then you add beyond just dealing with the kid, work. What about work in terms of dad working, mom working? Is it a single parent? Is it a couple? Um, how is the dynamics there? And then you add the stress from work. And then you add whatever stress that was there however long before. So it all builds up and then it eventually gets to you where it allows you to become to that explosive point and it, it comes out as anger a lot of times that way. Um, and my advice to people is try to break things down as much as you could. You know, sleep deprivation is going to be a trigger for you to be angry. Try to find it wherever you could. Um, try to see if you could make a schedule. And again, it goes back to the dynamics of the couple. Um, being able to work together as a couple because the baby didn't come on its own, right? It's, it took two people for it to happen. So they both should, should be sharing some degree of responsibility when it comes to that. Um, and figuring out ways to sort of de-stress and decompress as the day go along. Utilizing playtime with the kid could become a therapeutic event for you because you and the kid play to the point that both of you fall asleep together and then you get a little nap in between there, that could be even more beneficial. So it's not where you say that you constantly having to stay awake because of whatever. Um, even when we're overseas, um, I mean, we do have some degree of downtime and it's what you do with those downtimes. So some days we'll go to the gym and use gym time as a decompression time. Um, a couple of us also did things like art therapy. So we would take like coloring books that people sent for us um, and then just color it. So sometimes you get to color two blocks on an entire um, page and then the next day you, you do another piece, but it's like you have to find somewhere along that time, some type of decompression activity or that allows you to, to allow those stress to be less so that that would be sort of reducing the weight on top of the pot and lowering the fire at the bottom of the pot. Because every day that you go with life, there's some guarantee that you would encounter some type of stressor, regardless of how big or small it will be. But unless you lock yourself into some sealed vacuum and even then i still feel like you could find something to be stressed out about even then exactly exactly so we need to clean up detox our mind and emotion every now and then so this is like constant um action that you have to do every day every day other, other than that 
you're going to explode one day and you can't compensate because um, it's not really easy to hide these angers. Mm -hmm. You just need to process, as you said, meditation and detoxification, not only um, about the food and nutrition, but about for, for your mind and your emotion. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> so see here you have uh, Facebook and Instagram. That's the way they can actually access yeah. to you. Do you so, have any freebies, any program, any consultation? So I am at my book is for sale, Trauma to PTSD, Root Causes the Healing Branches. The website for it is www.trauma2ptsd.com and everyone who viewed the live today or in the near future whenever you do view it i will be given a, a five dollars discount on the book and i would actually be using the the discount code pantia so i'm going to use your name as as the discount code for it so it would be p-a-n-t-e-a -E all in in um common letters so lowercase letters would be what i would have as the the discount code for anyone who who wants to get the book um i also have a youtube channel um it's dr radley ramdan it just started so there's not a lot of posts on there yet but as time goes by i will be adding more and more videos talking about different aspects of trauma um, talking about different um, components of things, especially relating to the book, different um, sections of the book. I do plan on doing, I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to do it monthly or um, every two months, um, but what I want to do is take a day and do a live event um, utilizing social media, so Facebook, Instagram, and potentially YouTube as well, um, set it up where I can do a live and do discussions about different topics in the book. So for example, part of the book talks about transgenerational trauma. Part of it talks about abuse, the cycle of abuse. I talk about things like the onion layer of trauma and understanding how does that work. Talking about things like um, dealing with um, the different aspects of trauma, different aspects of health. So I look at health from six different perspectives in terms of to create that holistic approach. So um, it would be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental. Those are the six aspects of health that I look at. Um, so talking about those things, um, doing discussion about those things as a life, and then just reading sections of the book um, so that people could get more and more understanding of it. And one of my goals with the book is to bring more and more awareness to the topic. Um, of trauma, of PTSD, and how it affects us. And I think more people that understand this, it's less likely that we'd have a stigma towards it. Understanding that there are a lot of ability for healing and different options for healing is important because a lot of people just go for one type of therapy, it didn't work out for them, and they just say, you know what, there's no hope for me. But I want this book to be um, sort of like a hope. And one of the persons that did a review for the book said that it gives you, it allows you to go from surviving to thriving and it gives you that hope that you could live sort of like a better life. You don't have to let trauma just define you, 
more or less. So it, it gives you a chance to have post-trauma growth and understanding what else is there, um, what are the options you have, understanding trauma from so many different perspectives. Because I've had people tell me that some people said that they've had their own PTSD, but they never seen or they never understood like how all of these different components could play a part. And then they themselves see it within their own life. So just them being able to understand those things help them a lot from just being able to read the book. So again, the discount code, it's Pantea, P-A-N-T-E-A. -E um, for anyone who's watching this live today or in the future, um, to get a $5 discount on the book and the website is traumatoptsd.com. So. All right. Thank you so much. Hopefully you can access the book and enjoy this information. And if you have any uh, trauma issues, PTSD, help yourself. There are lots of healing opportunity. So don't think that mental um, disorders or trauma can block your health. No, it's not. Because we are the evidence <laughs> of... Um, having these problems before and we could process it and we could heal. So hopefully you have the same opportunity to heal yourself and help your body to thrive and be happy. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Pantea. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book, Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams.